Well, folks, welcome to One Magician Politics and Radamic. Berto is your host. Thank you so kindly for being a part of the show. We are going to have a great show for you today. I'm in the last shirt today. This one is the purple or, or the blue one. I had the gray one on and the, and the black one on. So now we are with the blue one. Okay. I'm checking some other embroidery stuff that I can help with the price down so that I can start offering that one. Anyhow, folks. Anyhow, anyhow, welcome aboard. Melanie Keelan from uh, Barcelona, Spain. Eric Hayes is in the house. Bridge MCP is in the house. And the one and only Robert P. Davenport is in the house as well as AVQ. I wonder if Egberto will post any MLK economic populism videos today. No, but I have something for you. If I can find it after I play a video, because guess what? El Señor MLK was no capitalist, which is which made me happy. My daughter came and told me today. I, I didn't quite, I've heard it before, but she kind of said, Daddy, you should research that, and I did. Uh, who else is in the house? Eric Hayes, did I miss anybody? Did I miss anybody? If I did, forgive me. Given that it's MLK Day, Bridge MCP found a piece that I think warrants us playing it. So I am going to try to play this for bridge because i thought it was apropos and then we'll take it on the other side but we'll start it let me see uh if our or mailers went out yet etc 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 just to be sure that all is working fine i hope it is but you know how it goes folks automation works most of the times but every so often it doesn't. All right, this one is uh, is thanks to Bridge. I want you to listen to this guy. I think it was an important piece that he said. Let's go with it. Check it out. I knew this question was coming, and I waited until someone asked it nicely to respond. So no, there's no such thing as white pride, in part because there is no white culture. You can have pride based on your ethnicity, like Scottish, German, Irish. You can even have regional pride, like Southern pride. These things usually apply to your cultural identity, like how you grew up, etc. And I had some people argue, well, other colors have pride, and no, they don't. Chicano, Latino pride, Asian pride, those are not colors. The one exception is black pride, and that's because they've had a unique experience no one else has. Black Americans were robbed of their culture. They don't know where they come from. Two black Americans meet. They could have come from warring African tribes. They don't know. What they do know is their American experience was similar. In other words, the thing that connects them is the color of their skin and how society has treated them as a result. You also have to consider where the terms white pride and black pride originate. White pride was coined by white supremacists. Black pride is from the black power and civil rights movement. So one represents superiority and hate and the other a fight for equality. TikTok comes from what he's been told by people of color. It was nothing I haven't heard so many wonderful people of color say that's how I learned it. This message being better received from a white voice is proof that we still have work to do as people. He says, as a southerner, it was important to tackle misconceptions that he and many others have grown up with. So I'm, so I'm going to explain to you why the Confederate flag you know today is racist, and I'll do so without the motivation of the Civil War as a reason. When the Civil War ended, people didn't celebrate it. It was an embarrassment. You didn't go into stores and find Confederate memorabilia. But in 1948, Harry S. Truman, the Democratic president, moved to integrate the military, and Southern Democrats didn't like this. 
They were already fighting to keep Jim Crow laws and segregation alive. So they broke off and they formed the State Rights Democratic Party, also known as the Dixiecrats. And when they did so, they needed a symbol to represent their cause. And what did they pick? Not one of the national flags of the Confederacy, but rather a battle flag that most today know as the Confederate flag. Now, they were short-lived, and Strom Thurmond and a lot of those other Dems ended up becoming Republicans. But the propaganda around that flag and having Southern pride stuck. Now, you can get it on a blanket or a trucker hat, but understand it only exists in pop culture today because it represents people of color not being good enough to eat at the same restaurants, swim in the same pools, or drink from the same water fountains as whites. It is literally a symbol of hate. So I've had several people with the white pride video or even my Confederate flag video that I posted say, why do you bother doing this? They don't care. You're not going to change anyone one's minds. This is why. I'm going to change some minds. It's good enough for me. I love the statement that he ends there. A lot of people said, don't do it. You're not changing minds. And it's the same thing that I hear when I try to build bridges. Why try? Uh, well, you know why I try? And why I even wrote the book, It's Worth It, How to Talk to Your Right-Wing Relatives, Friends, and Neighbors. Because you know what? You won't get to everybody, but you'll get to a lot. And, you know, I discussed some of that on my KPFT show today, which after 16 minutes, apparently we lost some kind of connection that I didn't know about. But anyhow, I will have the entire version of the KPFT show today up by tonight. But anyhow, uh, let's go ahead and get busy. Um, Let's see. Let me see who else I need to salute. Bridge MCP says, okay, gay pride. There's a reason for gay pride as well. Uh, again, these were a group of people, not by race, not by the theory- theoretical race that's been abused. We know that. Uh, Eric Hayes says, it's a free world for sure, with free will, so move as you will. Of course. Education is what we need. Melanie Keelan, you're absolutely right. A.V. who says, you talk about these issues to get to people who haven't formed opinions yet or whose opinion are based off of a lack of knowledge. But once an opinion is entrenched, it's highly impossible to reverse without a personal impact. And that's what happened with a lot of Republicans, like Senator uh, Thum, I think, not Thum, the senator from um, Pennsylvania. He hated gays. He hated gays. And then his son turned out to be gay. And then he wanted uh, equal rights. Then he wanted uh, uh, rights for same-sex marriage and all of that, but only when it affected him personally. You know, today I told somebody on the radio show, please remember this. Try to see it through my eyes. Today's MLK Day, Martin Luther King's birthday celebration. And I told, you know, a friend of mine called into the show. He's from uh, Colombia, not Colombia, Venezuela. And we were talking about the founding fathers and all of that. And he was telling me that he thinks Martin Luther King should be on the same strata as the founding fathers in the way that we believe it. And my answer to him is maybe for you, but not for me. For me, Martin Luther King goes beyond the founding fathers, right? As far as His importance to me is more so than the Founding Fathers. And why was that the case? The Founding Fathers, in writing the Constitution, they made a compromise on my humanity. Uh, Martin Luther King was trying to rid America 
we had already rid ourselves of that compromise with the 14th, uh, 14th Amendment, or I don't think it was for the, the one, that, whatever I mean, we already rid ourselves of that, that, but we had not done it in the hearts of people, in our actions, etc. So Martin Luther King was there to say, we are acknowledging the humanity of everybody diametrically opposed to what the, the founders wanted for people who looked like me and to women and others. Because remember, the founding fathers had no place for women. The founding fathers had no place for people who owned no land. It's important for us to know our history. One of the reasons that no, that all these people want critical race theory, supposedly that's a, the, the thing, but in reality, the reason they don't want critical thinking taught in school is the indoctrination that we've learned over the decades goes away. And we accept ourselves as Americans for the flawed people that we are. We accept ourselves as a country who isn't just great, but trying to live up to what many thought we were. That is what Martin Luther King had tried. Right? So I think it's important. You know, I also told uh, one of the um, callers today on, on my KPFT show, because I said, America owe a humongous thank you to, to a humongous amount of gratitude to Martin Luther King. And the reason why Martin Luther King is due a very thank you is the following. There were factions. There were factions that wanted an eye for an eye. You kill our people, we will kill you. You whip us, we'll whip you back. You sick the dog after us, we'll sick the dog after you. You murder us, we will murder you. And here comes Martin Luther King says, let's try another tactic. Let's bring peace. Let's try nonviolence. And many paid that price with their lives for that nonviolent act. As, as the powers that be were assassinating, lynching, destroying black people, black families, as all of that was occurring from the state, from the people, Martin Luther King, unlike many others, was saying, let's try non-violence. Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. Let's try nonviolence. America has never, as a country, tried nonviolence. When America, when Panama didn't do what America wanted, it blew the smithereens out of America. When Iraq didn't do what America wanted, it used violence. When the Indi the, the natives didn't do what uh, uh, the uh, uh, when the, they, the natives had treaties that they signed. And when those treaties 
were broken and they went for their rights. They were, America brought them violence. It is important. One of the reasons nobody wants to talk about critical thinking, critical history, is because when we look in the mirror, we may actually see a few things that we don't like and that we want to make sure and change. None of what I said can be argued with. None of what I just said is up for discussion, is up for debate. So I think it's important for us to show a degree of humility when we're dealing with other countries that are going through their tribulations because we are still having to go through our own. Uh, let's see what we have here. AVQ says, Lee Grant, ask many, anyone from Western Europe what their identity is. They'll give you a national one or a racial ancestry one or a political stance. But few, if any, will say Western European heritage unless if they're ultra-right white nationalists, the kind that Germany purged itself of. Exactly. Lee Grant says, CRT is ideology, not accurate history. That's not true, Lee Grant. Do not fall for the, for the right-wing spin. CRT, uh, what, what, what you hear about CRT is not a question. Okay? These are statements of facts that are corroborated. Corroborated statements of facts. And everything that I just told you there, again, why we should owe a ton of gratitude to MLK. It's not a black holiday, as I told my audience today. This is an American holiday. This is a holiday that says, finally, thank you so kindly. Robert Davenport says, the danger that, thank you for that super chat, Davenport. Thank you so kindly. He says, the danger that few address is the constant drag to separate people into landowners and renters, a.k.a. lords and serfs. They hide it behind racist tropes, but it is aimed at all Americans. Wake up. That is a master statement right there, Robert Davenport. Masterful statement, Robert Davenport. I want you guys to reread Robert Davenport's statement. The danger that few address is the constant drag to separate people into landowners and renters. Let me stop there. I want to add a, a corollary to what he just said. He also means between capital and work. In other words, there are those who have capital and those of us who provide the work, the intellect, and service. The ones with the cash, the money, the, the, the power are those with capital, but the ones who actually make things work in America are the ones with the intellect, the ones with the work, the, the, the work with their hands, and the ones who provide all services. It's the same thing, surf versus land renters versus landowners, lords versus serf. And those are the things that we're trying to change. And all the racial animosities, the, uh, the homo, uh, homo, homo uh, phobia animosities, the sexism animosities, these are all things created to create rifts among the different peoples of different, of different hues, views, etc. with the idea that if we keep those people separate, if we keep them fighting at each other, then the lords can remain lords and the serfs will remain serfs. Then the landowners will remain landowners. Okay? 
It's amazing. But we have got to see the big picture. How many people know about Rosewood Massacre and, uh, or the Tulsa Massacre? This is history that has not been told in schools. Tulsa was government-sponsored terrorism on black community. Thank you for bringing that up, Gene Daigle. Every case, uh, uh, no blind statement. Uh, so thank you very much for bringing that up, uh, Gene Daigle. Very important concept. Uh, Sue, Sue Jesse, that's because most conservatives haven't learned history. They've learned mythology, and that is so true. But you know what? I, you know, um, a guy called up today, Johnny, and Johnny said only in his family, only he and his brother are progressives who see things as we do, as most of us who want to be learned do. And he said he just leave his family alone. And I told them, no, sir. In fact, I said, you got to engage your family. You got to keep it. One of our biggest problems today is peer pressure. Peer pressure. I've, as I've spoken in my book, as I see it, class warfare, not, not as I say, I'm sorry. Uh, it's worth it how to talk to your right-wing relatives, friends, and neighbors. Peer pressure is a big thing. You know, at Starbucks, when I was there every day, I'm going to start back going when this pandemic thing gets a little more out. There were people that my, my, my white brothers and sisters would come in there and talk to me all of the times, right? But I remember this one time when uh, this guy was in there with a whole lot of friends. I think it was guys from work and so forth, you know. And you could see these were kind of not very progressive guys. And when I walked in, you could see the color out of my friend's face fall because his biggest fear was that I was going to be going into the, that Starbucks when I saw him pat him on the back and say, hey, what's up? Or, or get into the kind of meaningful conversations we had. I passed him like I never saw him. Just the little nod or something if I recall. Because I understand. I understand the dynamics. And like I told Johnny, it is about peer pressure. And when we can get enough people to break that, then we can make the change that needs to be made. All right. Let's see. Anything that I missed before I get on to the videos? Got a lot of videos for you guys today. Uh, let's see. I want actually three very good videos that I got for you today. Um, let's go ahead and get started. I'm going to start with a funny video. And, you know, this one is with Ali Velshi, and it includes the right wing. So check this out, and then lo tendremos en el otro lado. Velshi does not mind that the right wing, the MAGA folks, are concerned about gas stoves, are concerned about crazy things. Because as long as they're concerned about all these crazy things, they wouldn't be concerned about two brown Muslim men doing something special. Check out what Bert, check out what Ali Velshi had to say. I thought it was funny. Actually, it was funny. And you know what? It's so true. 
I am glad, though, about your segment about how folks are getting a little worried about the gas stoves. And, and you were talking about the culture wars and Dr. Seuss. And I, I remember Donald Trump talking about not enough water coming out of the shower and he has to flush several times to get the oh, toilet yeah. to work. But I'm glad about that because what they're missing is the actual subversion going on in America tonight with two uh, brown Muslim guys anchoring primetime back to back on a major American network. I mean, oh, we can go crazy about your gas stoves, guys. Loud. I know, I didn't, because they're worried about gas stoves. They're not worried about us, Betty. You have a good, no, good weekend, my friend. That's I'll true. see you. That's I'll true. see you Sunday night. Was that cool or what? I mean, it, it's good to have fun that this kind of fun on national TV when the joke is actually a reality. Of course it is. I thought that was so, so, so funny. You know, I went, when I saw that, I'm like, Ali Velci, what were you thinking? So I went ahead and I posted it and then I tweeted it. And then uh, Media Sun uh, retweeted it and said, LOL, and retweeted it when he saw that I posted a, what, what Ali Velci did. You know, I've spoken to Velci a couple of times over a direct message and and, uh, you know, I figured I, I, I figured he would have said something. He didn't say anything, but Media San did. Um, let's see what else we got here. Oh, Ali hit it out of the park. I know. Was it funny or what? I thought it was funny as hell. Deborah Moyers, how you doing, my beautiful lady? Hey, Deborah, the show today at KPFT, something happened to the, the Internet after 16 minutes. It just disappeared. That wasn't my fault. I didn't even know it wasn't saying. So what I do know now is that I got to keep monitoring. Here is a good breakdown of CRT. Um, I don't know where, look, you don't have to look for a good breakdown on CRT, Lee Grant. Just go to where the source is, the guy who writes about it in, in legal classes. We don't teach it in high schools. We don't teach it anywhere. It is a concept that is taught to show how, how, the, the, the systemic nature of what has occurred to people, I mean, to, to people of color. So please don't listen to what the right wing has to say about it, okay? It makes absolutely no sense. Yeah, Prager University is a joke. Uh, Prager University is a mis, a di- not a misinformation, it's a disinformation engine. I don't watch anything from Prager. My sister likes to use it. Like you cannot learn from Prager. Prager is an indoctrination engine based on data that seem plausible, but that's really a joke. So I would never, uh, never give anybody anything from Prager University if I love them. If you love somebody, you never distribute a Prager University piece because they are all ultimately wrong. That's my statement on Prager. All right. Maywood says, Eric Hayes, let's not forget the issues of obstruction and cooperation. Uh, Trump is trying to obstruct and fail to cooperate. Biden's team is cooperating and reported and turned everything over as soon as they found them. Yes, still an issue. And yes, still a violation, but much different in response. Fewer violation and fewer... Po- Look, it's not... Let me tell you what it is, all right? Uh, they're like boxes being moved out of the Institute in Washington. Boxes get mixed up. It ends up in, 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 uh, in Biden's house. No reason for it to be there. None. Is it a violation? Yes. Is it a criminal violation? No. 
Donald Trump stole the paperwork. He physically took it to his home when he left the White House with the intent, God knows of what. Who knows? Let, who knows? Who knows? Who knows? Anyhow, um, let's go ahead and play my... Is it time for the second video? i tell you what. I'm going to wait a bit for the second video and actually go to uh, my Substack today because I didn't get to cover my Substack at... Um, I didn't cover my Substack at the show. So I want to cover this one here today. Uh, if you are not subscribed to my Substack, please go ahead. I send a Substack out for every pro every show at KPFT. Monday, Wednesday, Friday, there's always going to be a Substack going out. Monday, Wednesday, Friday in the mornings. And uh, I would always send a few out if I have any additional stuff to send in the Substack. Please go to politicsdoneright.com slash Substack. And uh, you can subscribe to, or actually, I'm sorry, politicsandright.com slash newsletter. politicsandright.com slash newsletter. And the newsletter today was titled, An MLK Commentary and Billionaires are the Manifestation of a Failed Economic System. And what I want to do, let's see. Egberto, please show this. What is that, Bridge? Let's see. Oh, great. Thank you, Bridge. That's a good one. Let's go ahead and show what Bridge wants me to show because it's a good one. It says, false equivalency. I checked out some library books, forgot I had them, and returned them to the second I and returned them the second I find them. Versus, I steal the books, deny having them, then return some, claim all returned, ask people to hide the books, ignore subpoenas, and force a search to find the books. That's a perfect illustration of what Trump did. And that's the difference right there um, uh, for all of those who are trying to create a false equivalence. So thank you very much for that, Bridge. That's a beautiful piece. All right, I took care of, uh, we talked about MLK earlier today, but I'm still going to repeat it. It goes like this. This morning I was a guest on, I was a guest on Steve Hunter's KPFT 90.1 FM's You Talk program. The program centralized on MLK today. He encouraged listeners to call no matter what their message was. One of my initial commentaries was that the country owed a huge debt to Martin Luther King's stance on forcing nonviolent change. That was not beneficial solely to black folks, but to the entire nation. It saved us from a cycle of violence as all those who were legislative second-class citizens ultimately rebelled. A listener called to reinforce that the MLK holiday was a black holiday and, contract, and contrasted it to Thanksgiving and Columbus Day. Later in the program, I pointed out that this man's commentary was necessary. After all, his thought process is that of many who generally remain silent for fear others would judge them. The only way to change people's past indoctrination is for them to articulate their indoctrination so we can convincingly correct the record. Silence is the enemy. Fear of expression is the enemy. Talking and teaching critical thinking is a must. Ultimately, that is how we change minds and hearts. Very important. Okay, uh, let's see what we get. A lot of oligarchs are dying strangely in and out of Russia. I wonder why. MLK's holiday is supposed to be one for the people, for the labor movement, for the struggle towards equity. Let me, let me tell you something that I found out. 
Um, and let me go ahead and put my regular stuff on the screen. But I, what I want to find for you all is something that I read. I want to read something for you. Uh, let's see. MLK. Uh, bear with me one second. I'm going to give it to you right now. MLK on capitalism. And I need to say uh, Snopes. All right, I want to show you guys something. Because everybody, you know, I like how everybody praises MLK. But the thing about it is MLK, for all practical purposes, was a, a democratic socialist, right? I want to read an account from Harry Belafonte of something that occurred at his apartment. During the after party, Belafonte wrote the following conversation that took place. R let me back up. Let me read this first. A party was held at Belafonte's large apartment. After the guests had left, King and some of his closest colleagues stayed and talked about the conditions in the country and the state of the civil rights movement. About those present, among those present, in addition to King and Belafonte, were King's lawyer, Clarence Jones, his secretary and bodyguard, Bernard Lee, and Andrew Young, who would later become a congressman, the mayor of Atlanta, and also the UN ambassador to the United Nations under Jimmy Carter. During the after party, Belafonte wrote the following conversation that took place. And I want you guys to listen to this one in detail. As usual, Martin was late. He always packed too much into his schedule trying to do it all. This time a stop in Newark, New Jersey, had left him shaken. He'd met with Anne, uh, uh, Amiri Baraka, better known as Leroy Jones, the playwright, essayist, and poet who had formed a group called the New Ark. Baraka identified himself as a black nationalist and now openly advocated violence. He'd been interested for carrying a gun during the previous summer riots in Newark, and with his own group, he was threatening to disrupt the city again. Martin had tried to reason with him with no success. Baraka and his followers had denounced Martin bitterly. They'd scoffed at nonviolence and vowed to tear Newark down in a matter of days. Martin was concerned that if Newark did blow, it would distract attention from the poor people's campaign and much that the movement had already accomplished. None of this, however, Martin revealed when he walked in because our gathering included journalists, the New York Times, Tom Wicker, and uh, Anthony Lewis among them. He wanted to stay on point, not muddy a message. As, one, as on eve of Birmingham, we wanted to see media interest, interest as much as raise money. I sensed Martin's mood, but saw him push it away. Instead, <clears throat> with all the passion he could muster, he talked up the poor people's campaign. Only when the journalists and playing guests, paying guests had left did Martin let his feelings show with the inner circle that remained. This is the discussion you got to hear. Bernard Lee, Martin's personal secretary and bodyguard, was there that night. He was never far from Martin's side. So was Andrew Young, the future mayor of Atlanta. Stan Levinson was long since back in the circle. His exile had ended when Bobby Kennedy stepped down from the being attorney general. Clarence Jones, Martin's lawyer and another of his closest confidants, was there. My wife, Julie, was there. Two, her feet tuckled, tucked up under her a glass of vodka in her hand. Her opinions were sought and valued whenever the group met 
in our apartment. Martin poured the customer Bristol cream, but skipped the routine of seeing how much remained. His collar open, his shoes off, he sipped pensively at the oak bar. Andy Young and Stan and Clarence on either side of him, me as host being the bar, at first, Martin stayed on the subject of the evening. He spoke so quietly that Bernard, lying on a sofa behind him, soon fell asleep. But as he talked about Washington and what he hoped to accomplish, he grew increasingly agitated. What, brother, what bothers you, Martin? I asked. What's got you in such a surly mood? Newark, Martin said, and proceeded to tell us of the unnerving visit with Amira Baraka. Beyond what an eruption in that city would mean, how it would take us off course, I'm just so disturbed at what I am hearing more and more. Somehow frustration over the Vietnam War has brought forth this idea that the solution resides in violence. What I cannot get across to these young people is that I wholly embrace everything they feel. It's just the tactics we can't agree on. I have more in common with these young people than with anybody else in this movement. I feel their rage. I feel their pain. I feel their frustration. It's the system that's the problem. And it's choking the breath out of our lives. In, in the pause that followed, Andy Young replied. Andy is a former uh, mayor of uh, Atlanta and was an ambassador to UN. So Andy replied, well, I don't know, Martin. It's not the entire system. It's only part of it. And I think we can fix that. Suddenly, Martin lost his temper. I don't need to hear from you, Andy, he said. I've heard enough from you. You're a capitalist and I'm not. And so we don't see eye to eye on this and a lot of other stuff. It was an awkward moment. Martin was really angry, but I understood the subtext. Deep down, Andy was ambivalent about the poor people's campaign. You see, Andy was one of those uppity brothers, right? He, didn't, he couldn't see the big picture. You had to be for all. All. That's what, that's my, those are my words, actually. All the other goals that we had set for ourselves up to this moment were tangible. Almost all of them were focused on justice. But when it came to economics, the goals were more complicated, the lines more blurred. Andy didn't believe that all the victims came from the same level of experience. He felt that there was a critical difference between poor whites and Hispanics on one hand and poor blacks and on the other. This disparity, he felt, could make the people's campaign a rocky journey. And that's where Andy... Young was absolutely wrong. I categorize all of us from an economic standpoint. Whether you are a white person in Appalachia, the Latinos and others in the middle of the barrios, or the black folks there or others in the middle of the ghettos, the central issue that, that, that separates those and that should bound them all is economics. The, the fraudulent economic system that we have that depend on their separation, that depends on them being in that condition that they are. That's a central issue. And Martin Luther King got it. Andy Young did not. 
Martin got it when he talks about the poor people's campaign. It was not the poor black people's campaign. It was the poor people's campaign. And he understood that it was the economic system that was systemically fraudulent that depended on having an underclass, depended on some being permanently poor, so that others could take the spoils. Martin Luther King got it. And the young never did. The tension peaked. The trouble Martin went on is that we lived in a failed system. Capitalism does not permit an even flow of economic resources. With this, this is this is Martin Luther King talking here. Uh, with this system, a small privileged few are rich beyond conscience, and almost all others are doomed to be poor at some level. Even those who think they have. Don't get it. Taking a sip from his glass, he continued. That's the way the system works. And since we know that the system will not change the rules, we are going to have to change the system. To which I tell my brothers and sisters, that is why I do what I do. That's why many do what we do. We are the ones. We have to change this evil system that is predicated on having a poor. When I, uh, in, in fact, when I play that piece for you, where uh, Andrew, uh, Andrew Ross Sorkin says the following, uh, unemployment is too low. The Federal Reserve is going to raise interest rates until we can get unemployment higher. It tells you you are in a failed system. If you have a system that is predicated on having people in pain, you have a failed economic system. It's so, I mean, it is so clear. I mean, this is so clear. And I wish more people would see it. It is so important. It is so important. All right, let's go ahead and play uh, the CNN's video with Jake Tapper. And I'll take me a little break here as I center myself, get my pressure down. Because as I spoke the words of Martin Luther King, I could just feel myself channeling Brother King and Brother X all at once. So let's go ahead and listen to Jake Tapper. Watch Jake Tapper really destroy Representative James Comer, who is the Republican chairman of the Oversight Committee, who wants to have all these investigations, who's complaining about the classified uh, data, the classified documents that was found in several uh, locations, uh, Biden locations. Ironically, this was only this only came to fruition because it is Biden who said uh, Biden's lawyers who found these documents and said we need to do the right thing and reported them all of the times. Watch how Jake Tapper handles this, and I am not only Jake Tapper today, but I have all the videos that I'm going to be showing with Chuck Pod 
uh, that that's showing it seems like they are not these journalists are not going to give the Republicans the pass that they normally give them. I hope it continues. But he really gave uh, this Republican, James Cormer, a really, really good hit. Check this out. Then let's take it on the other side. You're talking about the Trump documents. Former President Trump is under an investigation for his own classified documents. There are about 20 in the case of Biden. For Trump, there are, about, there are more than 300 classified documents in Mar-a-Lago. A big difference here, uh, just on the facts, Trump did not fully comply with the subpoena. His lawyers falsely told investigators that they turned everything in. Um, take a listen to what you told CNN about the situation last November. I don't know much about that. That's not something that uh, we've requested information just to see what was going on, because I don't know what documents were at Mar-a-Lago. So, you know, that's something we're just waiting to see what comes out on that. But is it fair to say that investigation won't be a priority? That will not be a priority. So what do you say to viewers who don't understand why President Biden's documents seem like a big priority for you, but President Trump, who took hundreds more documents, did not comply with the subpoena, did not reach out to the National Archives or the Justice Department to say, hey, we found these documents. It's not a priority. Do you only care about classified documents being mishandled when Democrats do the mishandling? Absolutely not. Look, we still don't know what type of documents President Trump had. That's one of the questions we've asked National Archives. Just because Joe Biden's lawyer said they turned over five documents doesn't mean they just turned over five documents. They could have turned over 500 documents. At the end of the day, my biggest concern isn't the classified documents, to be honest with you. My concern is how there's such a discrepancy in how former President Trump was treated by raiding Mar-a-Lago, by getting the security cameras, by taking pictures of documents on the on the floor, by going through Melania's closet versus Joe Biden are like, okay, you, your, your personal lawyers who don't have security clearance, you know, they can go through, they can just keep yeah. looking and keep looking and, and, you know, determine whatever's there. That's not equal treatment. And we're very concerned. And there's a lack of trust here at right. the Department of Justice by House Republicans. That's the outrage. So I, I get that. But there's a big difference in how President Biden and his team reacted and how President Trump and his team reacted. The FBI searched Mar-a-Lago because Trump for more than a year refused to turn over documents to the National Archives and the Justice Department, which was trying to get them back into secure hands. Trump and his lawyers lied about it. Trump lied about not having classified documents, did not keep them in a secure location, did not comply with the subpoena, but said he had. And that that search warrant, which Trump forced out into the open through his legal machinations, that cited laws that Trump might have violated, including the Espionage Act. You wonder, what took these guys so long to force these guys' hands? I mean, I think Jake Tepper did a great job by not allowing the bloviations of an inconsistent set of Republicans to get forth to the people listening. Great job. Good job, Tapper. We spend a lot of absolutely great job by Jake Tapper there. I, I, I think we, he needed, you know, I, I am generally so upset with Sunday morning news because they give these guys, specifically Republicans, a pass all of the times. This time around, Tapper did a great job. 
Uh, Robert Davenport says, my personal philosophy about this great country of ours is I don't just want my slice of the American pie. I want to change the recipe. I love that. You're absolutely right. Tom C. says, reclassified docs. Media fails to see that the real problem is the lack of basic inventory system for the transfer and return of important publications like that in the public libraries. And the, the other thing also, um, Tom C., is I don't think these people get the originals. They get copies, right? So they get copies engulfed in a, in a top secret thing. So it's really, a, I, I find it amusing because once you have a top secret document, the law can tell you don't take a picture of it or whatever. But once you are, you have access to it in a private area, you are able to do as you please with it. We got to be careful about how seriously we really consider uh, these, these, um, these things, if you will. All right, but he says, so many people in the past could have documents. Who know? Absolutely. And not only that, like I said, uh, Bridge, nobody can stop you from taking pictures of these things once it's outside of the skiff, if you will. Right? You can't. Gene Daigle says, Chuck Todd on Meet the Press is the worst for giving Republicans a pass and not asking the proper and appropriate questions. And what I'm going to show you is Chuck Todd partially redeemed himself yesterday. Check this out. Could it be that our esteemed mainstream media Sunday journalists, Sunday hosts, are starting to realize that the way they have handled Republicans over the last several years made them a clear and present danger to America and as such have started really interrogating them as they should. Chuck Todd didn't do a bad job here. As uh, this senator came and attempted to, to bloviate, as he attempted to just give a whole bunch of false information about Joe uh, Biden, etc., or Hunter Biden, uh, Chuck Todd didn't allow him to go unscathed. And that's a change from giving these guys the benefit of the doubt, which too often they've done. So check out this interview. Check out how he handles the senator when he starts talking about Hunter Biden. And then we'll take it on the other side because the senator gets very defensive. And Chuck Todd gave it right back. Check it out. We'll talk about it on the other side. Senator, do you have a crime that you think Hunter Biden committed? Because I've yet to see anybody explain it is not a crime to make money off your last name. So, Chuck, you ought to read the Marco Polo report uh, where they detail all kinds of potential crimes. You know, Senator Grassley. Oh, 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 let me just stop you there. Potential. This is about potential about, 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 about thirty thousand. About thirty thousand dollars. I mean, Chuck, 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 is it a crime to be uh, soliciting and purchasing uh, prostitution in potentially European sex trafficking operations? Is that a crime? Because Chuck Grassley and I laid out about thirty thousand dollars. 
uh, paid by Hunter Biden to uh, those types of, of individuals over uh, December 2018-2019, about $30,000. This is about the same time that President Biden uh, offered to pay about $100,000 of Hunter Biden's bills. I mean, again, that's that's just some information. I, I don't know exactly here's what this I don't crime. get. All right, Senator. It doesn't doesn't really look I, on the it, it sounds sleazy as you know. I'll what. take your I'll, t- I'll, t- I'll take your your word that you're ethically bothered by Hunter Biden. I'm curious though. You seem I, to have are, a pattern. Are you not? I, I are seem you to have not? a pattern. I, I'm a journalist. I have to are deal you, in facts. Are you not? Are you not I deal in facts. You, it says, Senator, my question to you is, uh, I'm always worried. I, I have skepticism of both parties. I sit here with skepticism of a lot of people's work. And I'm curious, so are you, were you at all concerned? Uh, this, your Senate Democrats want to investigate Jared Kushner's uh, loan from the Qatari government when he was working in the government negotiating uh, many things in the Middle East. Are you not as concerned about, are you not concerned about that? And I say that because it seems to me if you're concerned about what Hunter Biden did, you should be equally outraged about what Jared Kushner did. I, I'm I'm concerned about getting the truth. I don't target individuals. Target individuals. I you go. You're targeting Hunter Biden. My, my, my concern, my concern, show, my, Senator. You're targeting an Chuck, individual. Chuck, my, my concern. My, you know, Chuck. You know, part, part of the problem, and, and this is pretty obvious to anybody watching this, is you don't invite me on to interview me. You invite me on to argue with me. You know, I'm just trying to lay out the facts that. Certainly, Senator Grass and I uncovered. They were suppressed. They were censored. They interfered in the 2020 election. Conservatives understand that. Unfortunately, liberals in the media don't. And that's part of the things yeah. that uh, part, of, part of the reasons our politics are inflamed is we do not have an unbiased uh, media. We don't. It's unfortunate. I'm all for free press. Well, it needs Senator, to be more unbiased. Senator, There's look, misinformation is, look, on both partisan, sides, but the Senator, censorship and Senator, suppression look, we're trying to primarily do issues from the left. Partisan cable. Look, you can go back on your partisan cable cocoon and talk about media bias all you want. I understand it's part of your identity. Now, ask yourself this question. Would you have ever believed Chuck Todd would have nailed the senator, Senator Johnson, by saying you can go and play your identity at, in effect, he was saying at Fox News, but it's not going to play here. I mean, when I heard Chuck say that, it was like it's about time. Look, he wants to investigate Hunter Biden, but he doesn't want to uh, in- investigate Jared. Think about that. Jared, who takes took a whole lot of money from the Saudis uh, while in office. As it turns out, Hunter Biden is not in office. Hunter Biden is just a private citizen. So, I mean, I really love the way that Chuck handled this. I mean, I, I, of course, I think he could always be tougher, but... As it turns out, this is how you have to handle these criminals as the criminals that they are in what they've done to the American population. All right. Here is the the piece that uh, British MCP want me put on the screen. It says Mark Meadows cell phone is everything Republicans wish Hunter Biden's laptop was. Exactly. Exactly. That's funny, but it's true. All right, um, let's see what else we got here. What time is it? Oh, we are at 54 already. It's time for me to say, let me see. Uh, Robert says, Chuck Todd is a kiss-up wannabe. His personal ambition appears to almost always trump his journalistic impulses. He has a lot of ground to make up before he gets any credibility. I agree. I favor decriminalization. This is from Michael Rodden. I favor decriminalization of legalizing sex work for willing adults who choose this profession. I agree 100%. Uh, human trafficking is still a crime. 
if there's sex slavery and no underage participants involved, I, I basically don't care except to say give them health care. Uh, Benjamin Sivet's book market, Lee. Uh, let's see what else to say. Uh, Gene Daigle says, that is shocking. That is possibly a one-off for Chuck Todd. We'll see if he can <laughs> if he can be more like another fellow Republican journalist in Jake Tapper. I agree. Egberto, uh, please reread that. You said it backwards. Okay, I better reread it. If, if you said I said it backwards. I favor decriminalizing or legalizing sex work for willing adults who choose this profession. Human trafficking is still a crime. If there's no sex slavery and no underage participants involved, I basically don't care except to say, give them health care. I hope that that is what you meant, my brother. All right. Um, let No, well, you know, we don't want misinformation going out there. And if I read it to misinform, you bet your life I'm going to read it again. So uh, sorry about that. Anyhow, folks, please go and consider subscribing to my newsletter. Um, it's, uh, I mean, you, it's both free and not free. If you want to support me, buy me a coffee a month. Subscribe to it, please. It's at politicsdoneright.com slash newsletter. politicsdoneright.com slash newsletter. I have to be honest with you. Our contributions have dipped quite a bit. And... Um, we need to kind of, and like, you know, I'm not the best marketer there is. Uh, so please consider going to politicsandright.com slash newsletter to, con- to help us continue doing what we're doing. You can support us at PayPal by going to politicsandright.com slash PayPal. You can also support us at politicsandright.com slash Patreon. And you can buy all of our books at politicsandright.com slash books. AVQ says, Egberto, one thing before I go, is there any way to get Twitch and YouTube comments to be redirected to Facebook? I, I don't have control over that. Uh, I can put that as a request in for future versions of the software, but I can't do that right now. I don't have the power to do that, I guess is what I'm saying. But look, as usual, it has been my honor to be with all of you. Happy MLK Day. Uh, please let me let me put a uh, let me make sure folks know this right I think I've said this at all but since we get new viewers every day I like folks to know specifically I don't believe in race but we live in a racialized society and because we live in a racialized society I must discuss race Bridge MCP, thank you so kindly. Your message is teaching me how to talk to others. Thank you. I'll, it's working. Thank you, beautiful. And I appreciate your, I appreciate your, your, um, your super chat. Appreciate it very much. So I think I need, I, I want people to understand. In a racialized society, we have to speak race and we have to be honest about it. We have to be honest about the indoctrination that occurs on all sides. But specifically, we have to talk as well on white supremacy, not on an individual basis, but on a systemic basis and how it affects society as a whole. It's important. Uh, We can't keep throwing things under the rug. That's why I'm very frank about it. 
But I always start by letting folks know I do not believe in the concept of race, but I have to discuss it because most of Americans, most people around the world, because of capitalism, have learned that they must talk about it. Bridge MC, oh, another one. Bridge, thank you so kindly, my beautiful lady, for that super chat, other super chat. Whoa, thank you so kindly for that super chat, Bridge. So it's important that you understand where yours truly, myself, is coming from. I only speak about issues as they are. Ben Shapiro, let's see, uh, Lee Grant says Ben Shapiro took it at Harvard. Check out his conclusion. Ben Shapiro is a poor choice. I'm sorry. You have to be, you have to be of the right mind set to discuss these issues. Okay. My name is Egberto Willis. I thank you all for spending this MLK day with me. But I, hey, Alistair Waters, you're here. You're here. Welcome, Alistair. Welcome, Alistair. Uh, did I miss anybody else? I'd like to call out everybody before I leave. I don't think I saw anybody else that I missed. But anyhow, I got to get out of here. My name is Egberto Willis. This is Politics and Right, and you guys know how I end this. Baby, I am what? Out. We spend a lot of time deconstructing the news, trying to, trying to parse it into a form that everybody can understand. We try to find those little nitpicks where uh, it goes, it flies above the fray, etc. If you really like these videos that we do, I want to ask a big favor. Please go ahead, number one, subscribe to our channel, and number two, please join if you can. Thank you so kindly for watching. Keep watching. Please remember to share. We must populate the entire internet with our progressive message, a message that we know is what most Americans say that they want. So help us please join.